everyone. Let's just close our eyes before we move on. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. I just trust this morning for your life, Jesus. I pray and then just trust for your life to, to flow through this church in Jesus' name. Even as we were worshiping now, I just constantly saw these different scenes just flashing in my mind. I saw marriages. I saw finances. I saw just, you know, family with kids. I saw all these things. And the thing, that, the prayer that popped into my heart is, Lord, surely your life can flow through this. Surely your life can flow through this. Surely your life can throw flow through this, Jesus, and would you come and do that in Jesus' name? Every facet, every aspect of us as a body, would you come and flow through us in Jesus' name? We need your life. <laughs> I need your life, Jesus. We need your life. We need your life. We need your life. Oh, God, would you come and do that? Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's something I'm, I'm trusting for this morning, even as I share, um, truly that there would be a, you know, I don't know, I feel so tender, but um, truly that there would be a trusting for the life of Jesus in our midst. Like, I'm, I'm done with, with things that it looks like life, but it isn't life. Amen. And I'm, I am trusting that we will just see more and more of Jesus. Um, I thought two things before I'm going to share. But the, the one thing, when Christian was up here, no, no, I don't see Christian now. He's, oh, there at the back. Oh, you went from the chair to the couch. <laughs> um, but I'm with Christian, um, something, uh, even as we prayed for him for Zambia, I was reminded of many years ago when we moved into this building Dion Delfort was um, sharing, I think it was the first time that we, at that time, transitioning into, into um, uh, Josh Jen. Um, he's from, I'm not even sure what congregation he's from at the moment, Sunningdale PM. And he shared a prophetic word, and he actually mentioned in that meeting, he said, from this church, many will go into the nations. And I felt like, even when we, we prayed for, for Christian, I felt like the Lord wants to remind us of this. That if you may be sitting here and you're thinking, not me, I'm too poor, or not me, I, you know, that I, I do the work and sometimes give finances into this, but that's that, you know, not me. Or, or you're sitting here, I want to, like we often say, get your, get your passport ready. But I, I want to ask you, do you truly believe the Lord can send you? Do you truly believe you can go? Do you believe that? And if you believe it, I, I feel like in this season, position yourself. Position yourself to, to go. To, whether it's a, a short-term outreach, whatever. But I felt like the Lord wants to remind us of, of that very thing. Um, the second thing, as I was prepared and connects to what I shared now with the life um, and, and it will also connect to what I actually felt to, to, to share this morning. I'm sorry, I'm just jumping in if that's okay with, with everyone. Um, but um, I want to I quickly take you to Luke 24, verse 5. Luke 24, verse 5. And this is a, a word the Lord has given me a, a couple of times in the past and reminded me of. And even preparing and praying for this morning, 
I felt like the Lord saying, remember that word. It's, it's, for, it's, for, the, it's for us this morning. And then it goes like this. It's, it, it is basically the, the resurrection story. And, um, you know, the, the, um, Mary and them, they, they were going to, to look for Jesus at the tomb. They, you know, Jesus was just crucified. He was buried in the tomb. And they were on their way. And even as they, they went to the tomb, they encountered these angels. And, and this is what happens after they see these angels. And as, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men, the angels, said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why are you seeking the living among the dead? And I want to ask you this morning, can it be, and I'm, I'm, I think in my own life it's definitely like this. I feel like the Lord is speaking to me about this. But can it be that we often create our, our systems, create our ways of we think, you know, the Lord needs to move. And we allow Him in certain areas and boxes in our lives. You know, this is a Jesus that serves me. <laughs> can it be, can it be that we often are looking for the living among our systems? <laughs> We're looking for the life among our, our, um, our boxes, you know. And I want to I want to say this morning, um, that <laughs> this is not a a Jesus, you know, that he, he needs to serve me, but it's I lay my life down to follow him, to love him, and to serve him, and in that there is life. I need to first die to myself, and in that place of dying to myself is this promise of the life of Jesus that is calling each one of us to and into. Who wants that? Okay, that's good. That's a good sign, Modus. <laughs> it's a good sign. And I wanna I wanna speak about this this morning. Because we Andrew spoke about uh, you know us being the light, us us shining our light and, and, and not hiding that which um you know the Lord has given us uh, as, or done in our hearts. But I, I wanna speak this morning about a part of the gospel which I believe. Um, in my heart has been a, a theme, but also that the Lord wants to do this morning. And that is basically the message of Jesus, the resurrected King. The one that has been raised again, the risen one. And I know often we touch on this over Easter. <laughs> it's usually the one Sunday we always touch on, on, on Jesus being the, the raised from the dead. But I want to tell you this morning that if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead... What we are doing here this morning doesn't matter. <laughs> it's because of Jesus being raised from the dead that we have a living hope, that we gather, that we worship Him, that we lay our lives down for Him. It's because He was raised from the dead. Are you all with me? So I want to I speak about it, but I want to I use this, this picture. Imagine there's a king. Okay, in a medieval kingdom, I don't, I'm not even sure what age and time that is. And he calls these messenger, and I know in that time the messengers were wearing these funny tights and all these things, you know. And he comes with his trumpet and whatever messenger had in that time. What I do know is the messengers of that time were almost like athletes, because if a king said, I have a message for that king, you know, it's like, okay, you're going to run. Um, so imagine a king calls his messenger and say, listen. I have good news for this kingdom. Would you tell this kingdom the following? This is just an example. It can be anything, but I'm just using this as an example. Tell this kingdom 
that I am literally taking away all the debt of everyone in this kingdom. Okay, go and tell the people, please, you know, and, and this messenger, he, he just received this good news from the king. And he runs, he runs, he runs, goes to a marketplace or something where he can, you know, start saying this message and gather the, the people in the kingdom, in the town. And, you know, what, I, I'm not sure how it works, but he takes his trumpet and he's like, do-do-do-do, you know, like, listen, I have a message from the king. And everyone starts gathering and says, listen, here's my message. The king is forgiving half of all the debt in this kingdom. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Skalky, he made a mistake because, you know, you said all the debt and now suddenly it's half the debt. Now, I know this is a, a simple example, but you know, we often do that with the gospel. We often highlight one part and we leave out the other part. <laughs> we, often, we often say, you know, Jesus died for our sins, which is true. It's a marvelous fact, and, 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 and we don't deserve it, and He died for us. But we need to remember this thing. Jesus dying for us and Him being resurrected from the dead coexists. You can't leave out the one with the other one. Does it make sense? He died for us, yes, but he was also resurrected from the dead. We need both those truths. I want to say this morning, the gospel you receive is the gospel that you will give. And it's important for us to know this, that the life of Christ is in this, that he has resur he resurrected for us out of the dead. He has overcome death. Hallelujah. What a marvelous truth. What a marvelous truth. It's interesting. If you see in the book of Acts, you can go look at Acts 2. There's many other examples even after that. But every time they preached the gospel, there were two things in this. That he died for us and he got resurrected from the dead. That's the gospel, friends. <laughs> That's the gospel. You don't deserve it. <laughs> and he took your place and he died on the cross for you. And yet, when all hope was lost, he got resurrected. I'm going to say those two things so much, you're going to be like, okay, you've said that, you've said that, stop it. <laughs> There's a guy called Timothy Keller, and he said the following. He said, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The, issues, the issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. I want to say this morning, if Jesus rose from the dead, which is true, okay? It is true. If Jesus rose from the dead, it needs to affect every area of our lives. We owe Him everything. All our lives need to be laid down. Every aspect, every area, every crown, everything, because He is worthy of that. If He is alive, it's going to affect the way that you pray. If He is alive, it's going to affect the way that we, we come together on a Sunday. If He is alive, it's going to change the way that you're going to testify and preach the gospel. If He is alive. And then I have this question, and I'm directing to myself, Skulk, this morning. Is how often do I still live in areas of my life, I know this is a big statement, where Jesus, that the Jesus that's alive, the resurrected king. Like, I'm, I'm living like he's not alive. <laughs> and I'm, I'm convicted this morning. The church, that we have a king that lives. 
We have a king that lives. It is true. I can, I can give you facts this morning, which I'm not going to do, but I love, I love those facts. And specifically at the school that I've, I've worked the past six years, we, we, we delve a little bit into some of those facts, you know. But there's scientific evidence that Jesus is, you know, was on this earth, lived, was crucified, and that he rose from the dead. Okay? It can be proven, but he's alive. Okay? I want to I focus on one portion of Scripture this morning. And that's in Matthew 28, verse 1 to 10. You can go with me there. But before I, I go there, I want to I wanna say this. I remember, I remember as a 14-year-old um, when I, I got saved for the, for the first time. I grew up in a house where we, we heard the gospel. We, we, you know, we went to church. We prayed the prayer. I was probably as a 13, 12, 11, 10-year-old, even maybe before that, would be able to tell the gospel to you. Okay? We, we were in a house, Christian house. But I remember the age of 14, there came a moment in my life. I was in my room. I wasn't even in church service. And I was in my room where I just cried out to Jesus and say, like, I'm, I, I read through the book of Acts for some reason on my own um, as a 14-year-old. And I was like, I'm not seeing what I'm seeing in the book of Acts around me. I see sick people being healed. I see people speaking tongues. I see all, you know, all these things. Even I remember the story of Paul and the, the guy when Paul preached that fell out of the building, you know, like, and then he, he died and, and Paul just went out and like, whoop, he come here. I remember reading that as a 14-year-old. I'm like, why am I not seeing these things? If all of this is true, then Jesus must be alive. And I remember suddenly this info suddenly wasn't just more wasn't just knowledge. <laughs> I had a hard encounter with Jesus. And I'm trusting for the knowledge and the life to come together this morning in every heart. I want to take you to Matthew twenty eight, verse one to ten. I actually feel like not to, to preach long, so I'm I'm taking stuff away and what I wanted to say. But I want to quickly read through this this morning. And I want to connect a little bit with what Andrew spoke about. And you guys will see. This is one of the, when Jesus got resurrected from the dead. And um, this is um, a Matthew's uh, account of what happened. Verse 28, you can read with me. Ach, verse 28. Verse 1, you can read with me. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold... There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the gods trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. I have told, uh, there you will see, uh, see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. I want to quickly stop there. I want to make a couple of points from this story. Now, firstly, you have these two people, interesting, Mary, um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then Mary Magdalene. Now, I, I love the fact that it's two women. 
for this very reason. In that time, <laughs> women wasn't necessarily viewed favorably at all in, in that culture, okay? So for two women to actually go to the tomb, it, it is significant because they were insignificant in that time. In that time. How beautiful that a mother, a normal mother, and Mary Magdalene, but you can go and read in Luke 8 verse 1 to 2, Mary Magdalene, she, she was set free from um, seven demons, okay? They, uh, for some reason, Luke thought it's important to mention she had seven demons. Um, but she was set free from seven demons. It's not, it's not your two perfect candidates, okay? But yet, these two women, on their way to the tomb, and just a side note, it's so beautiful that this Mary Magdalene is the same Mary that poured the perfume over Jesus' feet, okay? In that room where people were sitting around a table, Jesus was there. And, and Mary came in and in the midst of, of all these people that didn't recognize or see Jesus who he, he was and is, she came in. She poured something costly over, over Jesus' feet. Isn't that a beautiful picture? And here, after Jesus died and was crucified, who's at the tomb? Mary. I told the Lord this week when I read that, oh, man, I want to be that one that just looks for you, <laughs> desire you, search for you. Is it just me? It's, hello? Hopefully all of you want to be. Um, but that's, that's just a side note. But I, I want to say that um, we often, when it comes to preaching the gospel, you know, and, and, and being a witness of of um, this very reality of Jesus dying and being resurrected from the dead, often we disqualify ourselves completely. We use things like, you know, I'm not going to share the gospel because I don't have a degree in theology. Or I'm not going to share the gospel because I'm too young. Or I'm, you know, not going to share the gospel because I've, I've got saved yesterday or a week ago or a month ago. I still need to grow in Jesus. And then maybe one day, you know, I'm going to reach that point where I can, I can be sensitive to the Lord's Spirit and, and, and share the gospel. Or, or even my personality. I'm, I'm not a guy that goes out and, and speaks to people about Jesus. Whatever that, those reasons can be, I want to tell you, here we have two women going to the grave. They must probably be very disqualified and they witness what Jesus being risen. And it's so beautiful that from there they ran to the disciples. And just to go and say what they saw. And I want to say, the gospel we sometimes so overcomplicate that we are like, yo, I'm not sure. People, it's simple. Jesus died for you. Loves you. Who was resurrected from the dead. That's that. <laughs> That's that. Think about it. That's the first point I want to make. You're all actually disqualified. <laughs> That's why God loves using weak things like myself. I'm very weak. Ask Ingrid, specifically when there's a spider in the room. I am <laughs> weak. A snake, very weak. Okay? I've heard there's, there's a rumor of a snake here in Provence. It makes me weak. <laughs> I want to run away. Um, I, I, it's so funny. On our way to the gathering, we saw four snakes. 
literally on the road to the gathering. Uh, and at the gathering, there was these grass that was a little bit good. So I was a little bit like, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he loves using weak things. And that is all of us here in this room. All of us here in this room. I'm, I'm trusting that one day we, or not one day, but soon we will come together and we're going to hear stories of, of people um, that, and, and, and it doesn't matter whether someone, obviously it does matter when someone gets saved or not, but I think obedience is something that the Lord is working in us. That moment when you step out and just say, Jesus loves you, he died for you, he's risen from the dead in your workplace, and that person didn't necessarily seem interested maybe in the moment. It's easy to go and say, I'm never going to do this again. But just being obedient in that moment is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to your stories of our children in their schools going, whether it's a crèche or the primary school, the high school, just sharing Jesus with friends. Your workplace, friends, is the best place <laughs> to, to witness, best place to share Jesus. The second thing I want to say, there's this rhythm in Christianity, which I've been saying the whole time. It's the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And I want to say the following. It's so beautiful in verse 5. You will, say it's, uh, you will see it says, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. You came and looked for a Jesus that was dead and buried. But guess what? He is risen. He is risen. This is the core of the gospel. This is the core of the gospel. And uh, I want to take you to Matthew 28 verse 8. This is the beautiful thing, and this is what I want to I wanna, uh, mention this morning. Okay, Matthew 28, verse 8. They, after they, they heard this truth about Jesus being risen, it says, So they departed quickly from the tomb, quickly from the tomb, with fear and great joy. Whom of you have ever felt fear, but you were very glad about it? <laughs> you know, it's such a weird mi mix of emotions. They departed from that place with fear. And great joy. You know why? You can only feel like that if you've encountered some, a reality that is bigger than you. You can only feel like that if you encounter a reality that is bigger than you. That type of emotion was a result of encountering a truth that was much bigger than them. And that was Jesus is risen. Friends, I want to ask you, when lost? Have you allowed that reality to infiltrate your heart in every area? When last have you allowed that? You know, we and in South Africa, we're so privileged to hear the gospel so many times, our hearts become dull. We've heard that story so many times, your, our hearts become completely dull. Specifically in traditional backgrounds, that we continu continually hear the gospel being preached. Amen. That's good. But we need to fight that the freshness of this would stay in our hearts. <laughs> that we don't would speak about Jesus being crucified. It's, oh, yeah, he died for me, but he died for me. <laughs> Do you know what that means, that he's risen from the dead? When last have you allowed that reality as they departed from that tomb with fear and great joy, with being overwhelmed by a mix of emotions? When last have you allowed that truth to go and infiltrate every area of your life? I'm speaking to myself also. 
you know, fear is, um, we, this type of fear that they're speaking about is not necessarily a fear that I have for spiders and snakes. Um, but it is a, it is a, it's a fear of being in awe and wonder, having great respect for something, okay? When you speak about the fear of God, I, th I think the best way to try and explain it, but not necessarily the, the best way, because Jesus is even bigger than that, is when you go climb a mountain. You, um, I don't know if you ever did a, a hike, you know, when you get to the top and you, and you suddenly look off, you know, from the mountain, you see everything, there's a, like a wow, you know, it's like whoa. But you respect, I, I usually respect the, the fact that I, I mustn't go near the edge of this because, you know, I, I almost feel like I want to sit down, you know, when I'm at the top of a mountain. But do you know what feeling I'm speaking about? It's similar. It's that awe and that wonder of how awesome God is. Great joy is basically referring to having a, a joy of what they just encountered. It's a joy above all other things. It's something that's greater than all other things. Joy also speaks about a heart that is satisfied by something that is greater than all other pleasures in life. So, I want to ask you this question this morning. When last did you walk away with the wonder of God in your heart? And you know why this is important. I think we must preach the gospel regardless. But I'm trusting that even as we look at Jesus, that will be a shift in our heart. And when we preach the gospel, that, that we will preach it with a sense of wonder. Does it make sense? You need to preach the gospel always, whether you feel like it or not. It's in the Bible. But I am trusting for each one of you, when you share the gospel, that you will do from a place of wonder. I see now, even with Emma, when she experiences something new, she can't speak it. She can just say five, six, seven words. Now it's this Baba and Oma. If she sees old people in a shop now, it's Oma. And you're like, no, 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 no. Um, you know, it's, and I, I'm sure those people also don't feel like it's a compliment. But, but, um, she has this thing now, if she experienced something newish, she would come and call me to show me. And obviously, there's a sense of wonder, of wow. You know, she actually uses the word wow quite a lot. So she would do this, wow, you know. And, and you know, there's a sense of wonder and excitement when she shares. It's not like, kumi, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm trusting, I know it's a simple example, but I'm trusting for that sense of wonder in our sharing. Amen? <laughs> our friend um, John Piper says the following. He says, if you don't see the greatness of God, then all the things that money can buy become very exciting. If you can't see the sun, you will be impressed with a street light. If you never felt thunder and lightning, you will be impressed with fireworks. And if you turn your back on the greatness and majesty of God, you'll fall in love with a world of shadows and short-lived pleasures. And I want to add to that. I want to say, if you do not see the importance and the miraculous and the marvelous moment of the gospel rightly, our feet will always struggle to go. If it's good news, you want to share that. <laughs> and I want to say to us, I know it's simple, but I hear this. That the gospel is good news. It is good news. It's good news to me today. It's hopefully good news to your heart today. It is the answer. Jesus is definitely the answer. Amen? And I want to I wanna end off. I mean, I'm skipping a lot of things. I want to end off with this. 
John 11, verse 21 to 26. It's a very famous story. The Lazarus died. Jesus was very close to Lazarus. And obviously Jesus heard the news. I'm just giving a little bit of context. And Jesus didn't go immediately. He stayed. Some the people speculate why he didn't go immediately. But he waited before he went. And on his going, he meets Martha, which is the sister of Lazarus. And I'm going to read from verse 21 quickly. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, and even though they die, and, and, and whoever lives by li believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, it's interesting Martha's answer there, because <clears throat> just by the way, if you're, you say you're a Christian, there's an there's important aspect in the, in the gospel, then one day all of us will have new bodies. There will be a sense of a resurrection from the dead for everyone that believes in Jesus, okay? Um, but Martha answers that because um, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, of course, I know you will arise again in the resurrection at the last day. She answered with knowledge. Of course, this is true. Because huh? this is what we've been taught. This is what's going to happen. And I love Jesus' answer on that. I am the resurrection and the life. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You speak of something to come. I want to tell you. Here's the invitation now. Here's the invitation now. I am the resurrection and the life. When we speak about the resurrection, you can read in Romans 6. These two things that are important. You are called to partake in. Okay? To be part of. And that's this. That is why we do baptism, by the way. As when Jesus died... We are united with Him in His sufferings, in His death. The Bible says in Philippians 3, verse 10, and onwards you can see in Romans 6 also. And when He's resurrected, we are called to know His resurrecting power. That's in Philippians 3. We die to ourselves, to our will, to our agendas, to what we want to do. And we are resurrected with Christ. There's life in Him. And you are called to partake in that. You are called to partake in that. I am the resurrection and the life. Friends, do we hear this invitation? Or do we speak about of Jesus and the gospel as something separate from, you know, oh, yeah, Jesus died for you, he's resurrected. Or do we speak from a place of, this is what Jesus has done for me. <laughs> this is what he has done for me. The wonder of the cross and the wonder of his resurrection. May it never leave our hearts. May it never leave our hearts. I want to tr um, um, trust for that this morning. Just where you are, close your eyes. I want to trust that this marvelous truth and reality would almost be bound around our hearts. <laughs> that we will say yes to this invitation to be united with Jesus in his suffering and in his, in his resurrection, um, resurrection. That we won't speak about it as a separate reality from us. That maybe one day we will experience His resurrection. I want to tell you this morning, Lord, that You would come and do a work in our hearts, a fresh and a new. 
We want to see you, Jesus. We want to see you rightly. We want to see what you've done on the cross. We didn't deserve it, yet you've died in our place and for us, Jesus. We, we deserve to hang on that cross, and you died in our place, Jesus. And we just want to say thank you this morning, that there's life and salvation in you. There's deliverance in you, Jesus, and you paid the price. Lord, I thank you this morning for your resurrected life, that you've, you're risen from the dead, Jesus, that there's life in you. Lord, that there is life in you for each one of us. Oh God, I pray this morning, as Philippians 3, Paul writes, then we, I want to know the resurrection power. Lord, we want to know it, Jesus. We, we say, God, we believe that you're resurrected from the dead. And I pray, would you come and restore the wonder in our hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.